Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam. I'm so excited you're here because I am so jazzed by today's interview. I got to interview my friend, Amanda Sellers, who is a voice actor with over 12 years behind the mic. After a long career as a touring musician and a radio DJ, she discovered her passion for voiceover and never looked back. She's been nominated for three voice arts awards and is co-founder of thevoiceoverschool.com, which is an immersive online digital course that teaches others exactly how she garnered a long, successful career working from her home studio. That sounds amazing. Amanda has been hired by big brands like Expedia, Facebook, Axe Body Spray, Blistex, Toyota, Walmart, Apple, Victoria's Secret, and oh my goodness, so many more. Recently, Amanda started her journey as a meditation teacher and is a publisher in the Insight Timer app. She recently launched a 10-day course of Rediscovering Your Authentic Self, which at the time of writing has over 5,000 students and five-star reviews. It is an exploration of self-discovery and self-awareness, reconnecting with your potential, and learning to let go of things that are holding you back. Amanda is always striving for the next level, which is why I think I love her, and is fueled by creativity and unconventional outside-of-the-box thinking. She is based in Vancouver, married to her husband, Mike, who is also her business partner, fellow voice actor, and the father to her children, which she says is her biggest accomplishment yet. The quote in her high school, high school yearbook was, take pride in how far you have come, have faith in how far you will go. And years later, this quote still applies. You guys get ready for an amazing journey that we go on with Amanda as we hear how she has become who she is today. I love this woman and I hope that you find this valuable. I'm so excited. We've got Amanda in the house. Amanda, I'm so happy you are here. Like, I just want to give everyone a background. We met doing the Together We Impress Mastermind. And, you know, for me to even start that mastermind, it was like a big leap for me. It was a big stretch for me financially, but I knew that I needed to do it. And from day one, I just felt a connection to you. I was like, I need to be this girl's friend. I want to learn from her. I want to know her. And so I'm so happy you're here today. Well, the feeling is so mutual, Sam. When, as soon as I met you and you started talking, I was like, you're just your energy. I just felt like we were on the same, same wavelength. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. So you are so incredible. You have all these different facets to you. And, and I love owning the fact that I am a multifaceted woman and you are too. You're a mom, you're a business owner, you're a voice actor, you're, you, you've done all these things. You're a meditation teacher. You're published on Insight Timer. I mean, I know that I'm just, you know, telling you things that you know, but how did you become all of these things? What, what was that journey like? Did you already always know that you wanted to be an actor? Well, that's the thing, like back when I was like, you know, in high school and younger, performing was always top of mind. I was always, you know, like uh, in front of people wanting to talk, wanting to read the, um, the news or the stand up in front of the class and read and perform. Uh, and then, so when I graduated, I grew up in a small uh, town in Saskatchewan. It's a city, but you know, just had to get out as soon as I graduated and I wanted to go to theater school. So that was kind of the journey. I ended up basically taking any job I could just to pay rent. So as a housekeeper, that was my first job. And then I was a waitress and a bartender for so many years as I tried to do the acting thing. And acting wasn't my forte. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I, I became like a singer in a rock band. And I used to 
this was back when you, you did the classifieds and I literally would go on a bus for like two hours across town to go meet with my bands, like just the dedication just to, to go jam with them because they all lived way across town. And, but by this time I'm, I'm in Vancouver now. So I, I transitioned and, you know, having like nine roommates in a house, just living that kind of a life for a long time. So music brought me to LA and so I went down to LA and um, have you, you're from LA. So do you know, like, um, like the sunset strip, uh, the rainbow bar and grill, like yes, the rock I, and roll. <laughs> yes. I can see you there. <laughs> yes. I, I got a job waitressing there. So. Oh my I, gosh. I was waitressing there. I loved it. Like I served Keanu Reeves. I served a lot of celebrities, but he was always like my childhood, like dream. He was all over my bedroom. And I remember, uh, he was going to a show next door and the cooks in the back like didn't make his meal on time. So I'm like, you guys, I'm serving Keanu Reeves. Like, please hurry up with his lasagna. And they've served Marilyn Monroe and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. They're like, who the heck is that? We don't know who that is. We don't care. And I'm like, oh, so his, his lasagna was late and he barely got to eat his food. But uh, he left his wine on the table, like half drank. So before the bus boys came, I was like, Keanu's wine. And I grabbed his wine and I took it to the back and, and started drinking his wine. So it's off topic dreams, story, but dreams come true in LA, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but while while working at the Rainbow, I met my band. Um, we were called Paperboy Jack, and they both had um, MBAs from Harvard. So here I am, this like small town Saskatoon girl, and I'm thrown in a rock band with these two Harvard graduates. So we uh, like got rid of all of our belongings, like put stuff in storage, and we bought a 15 passenger van with a trailer in the back and we literally lived on the road and we didn't know where we were going to sleep that night. We were making phone calls in the van and it was, I learned so much from them. Like I basically, my, the <laughs> my jaw is on the floor right now. I am losing my mind. That's yeah. insane. It was, but it was so educational for me because like a education was never a thing. Like I did go to theater school, but I dropped out like after the first year because I was always like, work hard, have to pay rent, like, you know, can't afford to, to do that. So then to be in this, in this group with these insanely talented business driven people, uh, it opened my eyes to a taking risks, um, leverage, like they used to leverage. Um, so we, they would leverage things off of each other. They would call like the Viper room in LA and say like, Oh, we're playing at Arnold's grocery in New York. Uh, like let us play here. So they would, they would do a lot of that. So then we would end up getting the Viper room show and then they would say, Oh, we're playing at the Viper room. And then they would get the Arlene's grocery in New York. So it was just learning those little things. And I always had that in me. Like I was always up for taking risks. Like, you know, I'm living in LA walking down sunset with my, you know, suitcase, not knowing where I'm going to sleep that night. So I was never afraid to do anything crazy. But uh, so my, we did that for a couple years. We were just living on the road. Like one of our fans tattooed our name in her arm and we were making some good headway. But um, then, you know, long, long story, but we broke up and, and I'm in LA and I'm with my boyfriend and I'm like, what am I going to do? My boyfriend and I weren't doing well. So I went back to Saskatchewan. So I literally went from like LA back to like small town Saskatoon and the I talked to the guy at the radio station there to play one of my songs. And he's like, well, why don't you be a radio DJ? I was like, okay. So I, I left LA and I went back to like very, very small town and I started uh, doing radio. And when I was in radio, this is when like I had my aha moment. Cause literally this whole time I'm, you know, very, like no money, like just not knowing where my future leads. I didn't want to be a waitress forever, but I always had that like spark. There was always like that fire, like something has to work out. Something has to work out. Radio was very low income, especially in, you know, a prairie town. But that's when I discovered voiceovers because you would have to do like the, the local commercials for the local car shop or whatever. So, um, I remember as soon as I would go in and, and do the, the reads, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love this so much. And from that moment, it was like, whatever it takes, I'm going to be a voice actor. So I would take the scripts that I would do. And I didn't like tell my program director or anything like that, but I would record the, um, the, the commercials and I started to like compile my demo. And then I went back to Vancouver 
and that's when I got an agent and that, and learned the whole thing and became very successful fairly quickly at voiceover because I just put my whole heart into it. And I was still bartending to pay rent, but I literally would stop at no, at nothing to make it my career. So that's a long winded story. (laughs) That is incredible. That is so incredible. And I love this idea of just taking risk and putting your whole heart into it because I think so many women we, we feel that we have that desire or that, that whisper in our gut. That's like, there's something more for us or there, whether it's a relationship or a job or finances or a family or what, you know, insert the thing. But so many people get stuck in the fear. They Mm. get stuck in the what ifs. And I'm curious because you did say that you're pretty fearless during that time. Did you feel fear? Oh, all the time, every day. Like, you know, I'm not afraid to get in front of a large group of people and perform or speak, but then there's these other things that I'm fearful about. Like I have social anxiety. I'm an introvert. Like these things that, you know, I come up against on a daily basis, but I'll, I'll feel the fear and do it anyway. And I know that, you know, that we, people speak of that, um, analysis paralysis. Like when you think thousand percent think about things too long, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, become um, like a network marketer. Maybe I should get involved. And they think about it too long. They think about like what it's going to look like or how it's going to look. Don't. And that's the thing I think has been like helpful for me as I don't look at the big, I don't try to look at the big picture. I just try to look right now. uh, Done is better than perfect. And I've, I've been really good at throwing myself in the fire you know, and just making so many mistakes along the way, but just doing it anyway. I think that's been, that's been the key. That's, that's incredible. I I couldn't agree more. You come across as an incredibly confident woman. Do you feel like that supports your confidence or do you feel like you have the confidence first and that allows you to go do the things? Like how does confidence play into all of the things that you've done? That's a really good question. I have always said, fake it till you make it. I put on the confidence and I think when you put it on, then you do adopt it. So, and and, you know, it's the same thing as like, if you want to be happy, choose happiness, choose to be happy. I feel like in the moments where I need my confidence, I, I just own it and I'll just do it anyway. Like I'll just I'll just have it. So I, I struggle with insecurity. I struggle with, you know, like body image and uh, perfectionism. You know, I'm getting older, so it's not like you're 20 anymore. So, but you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And, and yeah, I really feel like confidence can be slowly, not slowly learned, but yeah, just keep, keep feeling that feeling and like obviously like affirmations and meditation and and journaling and stuff like that have been helpful along the way. Yeah, I feel like I mean, I don't know any woman that doesn't battle with their body image or their self-confidence mm. or their worthiness. So I think that this is just a conversation that we all need to hear that yeah. no one has it figured out because when I see you when I met you I was like, "Oh, this girl has it figured out. She's got this amazing mm-hmm. career. She's transitioning into this another amazing career. She's got a husband and beautiful children and she has it all together." And I think that that's what I, one of the things I want women to know when they listen to this and when they listen to me and when they follow me on Instagram is, look, I've gone through the fire and I've gone through many fires and I'll probably keep going through the fires, but that doesn't mean that I have it all together. Like I, I'm right. literally putting one foot in front of the other, exactly like you say, and I choose happiness and I choose joy. Mm. And I love that you say that because I think it's so easy for us to get caught in our stories and our excuses, yeah. why things won't work for us. Instead of making that not even an option, it's not an option to fail. It's not an option for this to not work because I'm going to commit to being happy. I'm going to commit to following my heart or my soul or whatever that is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just showing up for yourself every day. So consistency is so important and that's what makes someone successful or, you know, having the confidence is, is doing it when you don't feel like doing it. Oh, preach. (laughs) I mean, I feel that on so many levels. I can't even tell you, especially right now, like in quarantine, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to eat well. Oh, I don't want to work out. But like, I am committed. Like I have to feel good. So I'm going to make those steps. Even if I don't. Yes. 
And it doesn't mean that like we're flawless or never like have the backslides or make the mistakes. Cause you know, obviously I, I feel the exact same way in quarantine, but it's, it's like always choosing again. Like if you fall off track, it's like, okay, let's, let's reevaluate. And I think that's been, you know, part of my success too, is just like, sure, I'll fall off a little bit, but then it's like, no, I know I have to get back on track. I know I got to keep the vision and like keep moving forward. And I feel like, like mental illness, it runs in my family. And I feel like if I don't look for the light every day, I will slide, I will go down. Cause even though I've, you know, told you a bit of like my journey and, and living in LA and, you know, going on this big journey with this rock band, like there has been some like insanely dark moments where it's like, I can't go on. I want to give up. I, you know, I don't know what the, the next day is going to look like, but it's just like, keep moving, keep moving. So yeah, I think so that's been. If, if there's someone out there that's listening, that is in one of those seasons of darkness of that, mm. of that do, what do I want to do here? What is the next step? Where, how do I even begin to find the light? What advice do you have for them? I would say do something small that works for you because I know um, someone close to me that struggles with same mental illness. And if, if I go tell him to take my 10 day meditation course, that would just probably make him feel worse because it's just like way too overwhelming. So it's just being very gentle on yourself and doing one thing like, can you go for a walk today? Could you, you know, drink water instead of soda pop? Like, just uh, and then committing to it because when you commit to something and make those small choices, that's how you can start to like see the light. And journaling has been good. Find find someone that you do resonate with and follow them. I also find there can be like such an overwhelm of information out there. So it's like I'm I'm currently I'm getting into EFT, like the emotional freedom technique, and I'm I'm really loving it. But then I find like, oh, I want to do this course. I want to do that. I want to do online yoga teacher training. But it's just like narrowing it down so you don't overwhelm your brain and giving yourself space. So if someone is feeling in a dark place, can you take five deep breaths? Can you just, you know, close your eyes for a few minutes? And gratitude has also been like a huge stepping stone for me as well as like having gratitude, even when you feel like you have nothing, like there's always something that you can be grateful for. That's so beautiful. those, thank you. <laughs> so when you got to Toronto, no, Vancouver, when you, yes. went, when you went to Vancouver yeah. and got the agents and yes. jumped into the voice acting career, did that happen quickly for you? Or what was that journey once you kind of made that next step? Yeah. So I say I got an agent, but it, the agent didn't do anything. So that was just kind of like the part where, you know, it's like, okay, I got the agent was successful. But the part that uh, was successful for me was um, I, I learned about the online voicing world where you don't even need an agent. There's online casting sites. So they're called voices.com, voice123. Those were my bread and butter. So I found them and literally I, I, didn't know what was going to come of it. I didn't know if I would ever even book a job, but I was having fun with it. So my husband and I, we bought like a cheap microphone and we set up in the closet. We, cause like, you know, the clothes dampen the sound. So we put the microphone in the closet. We would print out scripts and like tape them to the microphone. And so that was our soundproofing. And I just started doing auditions. Every time I was not working at the bar, I would be auditioning and auditioning. And I would listen to podcasts, listening. I was just like getting in as much information as I could. I got my first job for $20. I was like calling my mom, mom, I booked a job. I booked a voiceover job. And from there it started snowballing. And then I got like a hundred dollar phone system. And then I got like, you know, tutorial for this and that. And it just kept snowballing to the point where my husband was working on the oil rig. So he would be gone for like two weeks at a time, but he was really amazing at audio editing. I got so busy that I didn't have time to edit my own audio. So he got to quit his rig job and come back and edit audio. So he was my full-time audio editor for a number of years. And, and then I was just voicing and that was our system. We would just voice and we would get in every audition. Uh, I would wake up at 5 a.m because we were on the West coast. So I'd wake up at 5 AM so I could start auditioning when the East coasters would wake up and <clears throat> excuse me. And I just, we, we did this cycle and 
we really found momentum and went for it. And it's been 12 years of continual growth. Well, you know, not every year. We've, we've really, really peaked this one year when we were working for this company in San Francisco that um, went from uh, the guy, the CEO paying us from his PayPal account, like startup tech company in San Francisco to becoming on like the Forbes 500 list and the top six place in San Francisco to work and they just like exploded and had like hundreds of employees. So we were with them at that time. And it, it like we could not keep up with the amount of work. They had a really small core of, of voice actors. So it was just like really hit it big with them and rode that way for a while. But then of course the company got in uh, new management and then they got more voiceovers and they scaled down the costs that they were paying us. And so it was an adjustment because it was just like living the life on, on that job for a while and didn't have to worry about anything. And, and then, then that was another adjustment once they uh, slowed down and kind of went in a different direction. And it was like, okay, I need to like market myself and, and audition again. I didn't audition for years. It was just working with them. So, so yeah. What a journey. And I know yeah. that we have, we have a lot of um, performers that listen, that mm. listen to this. And, you know, I love what you share that you did your first job for $20. Yeah. Like, you know, we, I had to put in my time in the beginning. I worked for free. I was an apprentice up to a dance company. Like I did those things. And, and, you know, it's really easy to get uh, discouraged in that time of like, am I ever going to make money from this? Am I ever going to do it? And I think people can understand that in, in their side hustles, in their network marketing business, in, in a lot of things, like you have to put in the time and put in the energy and really show the universe that you're committed to this mm -hmm. before generally, I think before you quote unquote hit it big, or, you know, yeah. you get the big paying job or the job that you're finally like, Oh, I've made it like, this is it. But then yes. the key in your story is that, you know what, that doesn't last forever. So this is the constant yeah. up and down of a performer's life is just, it's fascinating to me because I think it's very different than the typical go to college, get a nine to five, work that space for the next 40 years, retire right. and you're done. And so I think it takes so much guts. It takes courage. It takes commitment and consistency and I love that your story demonstrates all of that. And I think the biggest thing is that you, girl, you take risks. Like that, <laughs> that is the most, um, I think it's the most exciting thing and, and encouraging thing is, you know, you don't always know how it's going to turn out, but you're willing to take the risk. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Hence the mastermind that we were in, right. That we're in together. Totally. Totally. But I'm curious. Okay. Because in the mastermind, you have now shifted even into a new chapter in your life. And I'm excited to hear about what that shift was from okay, 12 years as a successful voice actor. And what did that, how did you get into becoming a meditation teacher? Like how, what, that's kind of like out of left field, like yeah. performer, performer, performer. And now you have this business of a meditation teacher. Can you share what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So along my journey, I've always been into self-help. I've, you know, I, I, I toyed in uh, doing meditations like, like, you know, 10 years ago, I would kind of write some, I had one on YouTube. Um, and I got in a really dark place with my husband and I, you know, uh, working full time for so many years together and then having kids. And I had really, really difficult births with both of my children. I didn't take any time off uh, when I, you know, had my kids and it was always like, get right back at it. So my husband also got into voiceovers, um, you know, back when he was engineering with me. He, so he's, he's now a full-time voice actor as well. And we have audio engineers that work for us, but, um, but I was, you know, the main, the main source of income for a number of years, but he's definitely holding his own. So that's not the point, but I really started to feel uh, resentment in our marriage because I uh, endured so much pain and I didn't take any time off. And he was going through something really hard, uh, struggling with like who he is. And so we just really spiraled and we almost broke up. And we like to the point where uh, he had an apartment and he was going to move out and he was signing the lease. And it was like in the midnight hour, it was literally like one in the morning. 
and we were, he was sleeping downstairs. We're texting, like, how are we going to tell the kids we're going to wake up tomorrow? We're going to tell the kids. Um, and how, how's that going to look with, you know, the separation? And it was at that moment that we both like broke down and we're like, no, we, we can't do this. We have to, we have to try. And part of my thing is being able to let go because I do hold on to the resentment and I was trying to control the situation. I was trying to control him and what his interests are and uh, past that he was going on that I didn't like because, you know, he was changing and it wasn't changing the way I was changing. So, so I'm like, it was like so dark, so heavy. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I turned to meditation and I, I meditated for 30 days in a row uh, to a meditation that I had written. So during this time, I started writing meditations. And um, the, the first meditation I wrote was for my son because uh, during this time, I was getting insane vertigo attacks, like so bad that I couldn't, um, I couldn't lay down with him to sleep. Like I couldn't lay down. So I would sit at the end of his bed and I would, I would try to put him to sleep while I was uh, talking and, and just like, be, be thankful for all your body parts, you know, and it would really help him uh, go to sleep. So I recorded it and I put it on Insight Timer and it started getting like really good reviews, really good feedback. And so it was a bedtime gratitude meditation for kids. That was my first meditation. And this was, you know, during our, our dark time. And then... I was like, okay, so meditation was starting to come into the picture. So I recorded another one and I put that up on Insight Timer. And then that's when I started my like 30 day in a row journey. So even though I was writing them and recording them, it didn't mean I was meditating every day, but then I started to meditate every day. And that's when I started to let go and see light in a new way, see things in a new way. Um, he started to shift and we came back like stronger than ever. And it's not like it's perfect now, but it's really, really renewed. So, so in that time, I just saw the power in it. And also like, I'm so grateful for my voiceover career, but it, it feels like with meditation, like I could help so many people and touch so many lives and it's also helping me. So it's just like very, very fulfilling journey. So I don't know what it looks like. Same with when I, you know, got into voiceover many years ago. I don't know where, where it's going to go. I, I don't feel like I'm a very in, like, like, I don't know what it will be. There's some meditation teachers that I really admire and I kind of, I like their style. Like there's a couple of them that like, do you know, Sarah Blondin? I am obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. like I, of all the meditation apps out there, I downloaded yes. Insight Timer and she I'm obsessed with her. Like of all the people that you named, yes, I'm obsessed yeah. with her. Yeah. So guys, if you're listening and you don't know who we're talking about, go to Insight Timer, download the app, and then Sarah Blondin is yeah. I'm everything. She resonates with you because she's incredible. Yeah. So basically, I, I just love her uh her her life. Like she, like I, the acreage life call is like kind of calling me like living in nature and just having this kind of Zen, but also having access to the city. Cause like we're, you know, voice actors and whatnot. But, uh, I love the way that she literally doesn't have to really, um, put herself out there much. And she's just so successful. That doesn't mean that's what, you know, my journey will look like. Cause I do have probably a bit more, you know, I like the interviews. I like a little bit more uh, Instagram and, and that kind of thing than, than she does. But so it's just, you know, finding who I am in this field now. I have no idea. I have no idea. Oh, girl. <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't have to know. And this is right. like, okay, so that was your journey. You put in two, two meditations. And then where did your 10 day course, did you then go, oh, people are listening to this. I want to create a course. Yeah. It, yeah. Super. Like, this is the thing. This was the kind of like, we spent a year putting together our voiceover school. So we were looking for ways to make uh, passive income streams. And so many people ask me how to get into the voiceover industry. So we created the voiceoverschool.com, which is like a four week intensive course on how to get into voiceovers. I did not like the process of writing it, making it. It was so time consuming. People are loving it. We're changing people's lives on it. But, uh, but it was just so funny how that one was like, so like matter pushing matter, like so hard. And then the course, I just like, I wrote it in like, you know, a week and made the meditations 
because I saw other people were doing it on the site. So I really didn't think, I didn't overthink it. I, I actually wrote down affirmations like, I'm so happy and grateful that this course uh, is just coming through me and onto the paper and that over 3,000 people are listening and loving it. And now it's at 5,000. And yeah, it's just, it's been really, um, it's really resonated with a lot of people, but I think it is because it, I didn't overthink it. It was just like, okay, how can we make our lives better? How can we let go of things that are holding us back? How can we, you know, be more childlike, have more fun and, and manifest the things that you want in your life. So it's kind of like the whole, the whole package. Oh, I love it. And <laughs> even the energy that you're speaking with, as you talk about how you created both of those things, like from what I'm hearing, the voiceover school felt like very masculine energy. Like you had to get it done and you had to follow the systems and you had to do the thing. And if, in some ways it feels really heavy, but then what I'm hearing as you talk about how the, the course just kind of flew, um, flowed through you and it feels super feminine just in that, like receiving and open and fluid space. And, you know, as women and as, as business owners, it's really easy for us to, to live in our masculine. And mm-hmm. I know that's something that I definitely struggle with. Like I want to get things done and I'm direct and I'm, you know, very much in that masculine, but then the opposite side of that is the receiving mm-hmm. and going with the flow and being in the creative and being in that space. And just hearing you talk about those two things, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Well, of course that one's going to feel good because yeah. you're really harnessing that feminine energy and allowing and receiving rather than like forcing to get it done. Absolutely. And I feel like that's, that's been the journey too. It's just like trusting your intuition and, and from the beginning, yeah, the, the voiceover school, it, it, from the very beginning, it felt like push, push, push. And then, yeah, so definitely felt like trusting and, and sometimes things can come easy. They don't always have to be hard. I literally say that with all of my clients. Do you? How can this be easy? Because I think so many of us have this story that's been passed down to us from society or our parents or TV that, Mm -hmm. you know, things are going to be hard. Like for Mm -hmm. for the performers out there, we are generally taught that you're going to have to be a starving artist and you're going to have to hustle and bust your ass in order to be a quote unquote successful performer. When Mm -hmm. my question is, is that really the truth? Mm -hmm. How can it be easy? How can it be fun? And, and in, you know, I was literally talking to a client last week about her, her self-care routine. And like, she's like, okay, well I do my skincare. So I, I'm really good at that regimen. And I, I'm like, yeah, but you're doing like, how can you be, how can it be more fun? Yeah. How can you literally bring more fun and light into your life? Because if we don't ask that question, we just keep going through the motions. And so even this past, you know, this past two weeks when Corey and I drove across the country, I literally (laughs) said to him about 10 times, I'm like, Babe, how can we make this fun? How can we have Aww. the most fun? And I like, I mean, he's amazing because he's like, well, you're with me. Of course it's going to be fun. But Aww. like even that alone from with my past of, of having an ex that was not in that mindset or in that frame mm-hmm. versus being now with Corey, who literally his life motto is I want to have fun, which drives oh. me crazy sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. it's such a good, he's such a good reminder for me to let it be fun. Let it be yeah. easy. It's not that serious. At the end of the day, you know, you're going to get it done. So can you get it done in a way that's joyful and and light, or are you going to get it done in a way that's hard? And how do you want to show up? How do you want to live? And I just, I, I love that you bring this up because this is something that I'm constantly reminding myself and my clients. I think literally everyone on the planet needs to be reminded. We're in this crazy, wild, exciting time of quarantine. Does it have to be hard? Yeah. Does it have to be? Absolutely. I know. And, and my husband and I too, were talking about this last night and how can we show our kids that, cause I actually was crying last night. I was crying because I felt bad for my kids. I was like, I feel bad. They can't go to a park. I feel bad that they can't see their, their family. Like I haven't seen my mom in like seven months. And you know, I was just feeling sad and I was like, okay, how can, how can we make this fun for them? We, we always try, but like, you know, I'm not, I'm not so strict with like the homeschooling. Like we got to do this from nine until this time. It's like, let's do what you're interested in and finding joy in it, putting on a song and dancing. And I'm getting that a lot from Sahara Rose in our mastermind is 
dancing, totally. right? Totally. I, I feel like, I feel like all of us should have like a dance party. Like, do you do that with your, your teams? Like, do you guys like just put on music and no, dance? but I think we need to, I think, I think so. we need to do yeah. this. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I was actually listening to a podcast, uh, Sahara and coach Yari and her passion, everything that she lives for is dancing. This, this girl Yari. And it was such a fascinating interview because she just was showing how like dancing just changed her life and she influenced Sahara to like to dance. So I feel like everyone just needs a little bit more like dance and singing and like making up songs, showing your kids that you're, you're fun and not in a way like I'm going to pretend and show my kids I'm fun now, but like have some fun, you know, be goofy. I, I love that <laughs> because you know, it's interesting as a professional dancer, Yes. when people say that, I'm like, oh no, like that's work for me or that's <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Like, okay. That's how I used to think about it. But now more than ever, I'm like, no, I, I need to like be goofy and be yeah. weird and yeah. like do ugly, weird dance parties with my dog and like just yes. let go because that's, that's what we did as kids. And for people that are trying to figure mm -hmm. out, well, how do I find my joy? How do I find my fun? I always say, what did you do as a kid for fun? Did oh, you sew? Yes. Did you paint? Did you dance? Did you run around outside with your, no clothes on? Like, yeah. what made you feel alive back then? It's probably going to be a clue as to what's going to make you feel alive and happy and joyful right now. Absolutely. That's actually uh, one of my days in my 10 day course is play, have fun, like connecting with your inner child. Because yeah, like over the years, we, you know, we let the like societal norms of how you're supposed to be start to, to pin us into this corner. And, you know, you see, you just see so many people that want to break free. They want to speak up. They want to use their voice. They want to be seen and they just stop themselves. And, and when I see someone else struggling with that, it, it makes me want to show up more for myself so that I can try to be that light back to them. And I know you do the same thing. So even the more us, me and you, you know, can shine our light and show our crazy sides. We can, we can help others. And, and so anyone who's listening and, you know, if you do this, if you shine your light, if you dance crazy, you're going to show someone else and give them permission to, to be themselves and yes, you know, enjoy yes, our lives. Yes. Like life is supposed to be celebrated. It's supposed to be fun. Like it's not supposed to be all work and no joy, even in, even in this time, right? Another, I'm talking about Sahara a lot because she, she really has like influenced my, my mind with this positivity, but you know, we're all going to pass away anyway. So do we want to sit here and worry about what could happen or do we want to have some fun and, and try to make the most of it and, and, you know, think about who we want to be when the doors open up again? What do you, what do you want? What do you want to use this time to, to create for yourself? I just want to say amen. Like I'm going to put that on rewind and, and just play it over and over and over again because I couldn't have said it better. Just I'm just like a big, big yes over here. A yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, looking back on your journey, is there a lesson that you've learned that you wish you would have learned earlier? Mm. Or if, if, if you could go back and do something differently, is there something that you'd be like, oh yeah, I would, I would change that? I think that the big thing for me would be to, to tr like even in my early, earlier years is to not listen to other people's opinions. I think I worried too much about what other people were going to say or what they thought, or I valued their, like their words too much. Like we were in a, uh, I was in a pop band before I was in my rock band and we had a record deal on the table and it was but I just feel like it was like, you know, four pretty 20 year olds that were just kind of being pushed around by these like guys with money and, um, and like, Oh, there's lots of pretty girls that can sing. And they were just kind of giving us, but I gave them too much value. And, and so that along the way, I, I did take risks. I was crazy, but but I also would get these little seeds in my head of like, oh, maybe I can't do that or maybe I can't be successful. So just 
honest to goodness, like letting go of like what people think. And I still struggle with that. Like who cares if they don't, if they, you know, have an opinion or they don't like you, it doesn't matter. So that's something that I I'm every day trying to let go of because the more that you can just show up as yourself and the better. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention of one of the risks that I took or following intuition was, um, do you know Teddy Mellencamp? I don't. Uh, I know the name. I know like Mellencamp name. John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp? Yeah. yeah, like his daughter. Oh, okay. His daughter. Yeah. Yes. He's on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. And she has, a, she has like a, an accountability, um, accountability weight loss group. And I, I took her, her, her accountability weight loss group, like after I had kids and it was awesome and became like acquainted with her. And, uh, I was going for a run. And so I was thinking like, I don't know, it just was like, sometimes things just like download in your brain. So I thought like, Oh, Teddy needs a custom meditation from me. And so, you know, Instagram, she has like almost a million followers, right? Not thinking that she's going to even like see it or respond. I was like, Teddy, I have this like idea for a a custom meditation for you. And she wrote back, she's like, yeah, text it to me here. So I texted it, like I recorded it and I, I sent it to her via text and she loved it. She said she was like bawling that night and she asked me to make another one for her son. Then she asked me to make one for her daughter and she's like, I'll pay you. What do you want? And I'm just, no, I don't, you know, want payment, but so it's, it's taking those risks. Like if you have a, a download or an idea as crazy as it sounds, you need to act on it. So you need to write that email or, you know, make that post and, and see what happens. Don't be afraid of like a no. Yes. Big risk, big rewards. <laughs> yes. Oh. <And> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And don't be afraid of the no. I mean, I hear that. Yeah. I That's a, a big phrase, I feel like, in the network marketing world. But I feel like it's also for people that audition, people that are taking yes. any sort of risk in their life. They're asking someone out on a date. They're, you know, trying to break up with someone. And, and that fear of the no is can be really paralyzing for people. And what I always like to say is, you know, A, if it is a no, it's either a, it's not right now. It's like, yeah not the right timing. Or if it's like a hard no, that is, that is divine intervention. Like Mm. rejection can equal protection. And Mm. sometimes if things don't work out, I know for me in the past, it's like, if things don't work out, it's just because something better is, is waiting for me or the path that I'm supposed to be on is, is not that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if we can let go and it kind of comes back to that people pleasing and being concerned about what other people let go of the fear, let go of the fear of rejection, let go of the fear of the no, because every step that you take is going to get you closer to your purpose, closer to alignment with who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to become. And every like negative thing, I think Lori Harder talks about this. Is it Lori Harder? Mm -hmm. Um, about when she goes on stage to speak, where she starts having like the fear spiral, like, oh no, what if I get on stage and I fall and I just bust my face open? And she's like, okay, well, that'll be um, God's plan for me and learn something from that or give permission to other women to be that. And so if we can let go of this fear that we're going to quote unquote do something wrong or like a mistake is going to happen, then we get to release a lot of stress. Absolutely. Yes. I feel like that has been one of the things it's funny because I can be really good at it in one spot and, and struggle in another, but with voiceovers, that was one of the keys is every time I, I did an audition, I, I didn't stress about it. I didn't look back. I just, I did the audition and I moved on to the next one, I'll focus on the next one. And, you know, it's just like different flavors of ice cream. Not everyone's going to want the, you know, tiger, tiger, or it just, there's lots of different flavors. And sometimes it depends on where that person's like vibrational scale is at. like you're, you're meeting your match. So even for myself, if I'll get, if I get emails from someone and you keep getting the, the emails you're not at that match at that time, but then maybe you, at some point, you know, you will be at that match and then you will go buy that product. So it's, 
it's not stopping your mission because you think you're rejected or that, you know, you're not supposed to be in that person's inbox or in their email. It's just, you know, the timing of things. Same with clients. You know, maybe I didn't, wasn't good for that project, but doesn't mean I don't send them a monthly newsletter and keep connected with them and thank them for that audition or send them a new demo because you never know when you will be the right person for that job. So. Oh, totally. I mean, the, the, when you were talking about auditioning and not really caring, like just mm. not putting stress into it. I mean, that was me and Rockettes. I went to oh, New York cool. for a completely different audition and oh, I like wow. really wanted to do it. And I wanted to get far. And that audition was the day before and I got cut in the first round. And then my friends oh. were like, hey, some Rockhead auditions tomorrow. Do you want to go? And I'm like, oh, well, I haven't tapped in, you know, 10 years. I stopped tapping when I was 12 and I'm too short. And, you know, okay, well, I, I went to Capizio in New York City. I bought a pair of tap heels because I was like, well, I might as well have them. Worst comes to worst, I'll go return them. You know, I'll have them in the room if I need them. And, yeah. you know, I go to the audition. I'm in black tights and a ponytail. And anyone that knows Rockettes, like everyone's in tan tights and a French twist and red lipstick, like, I was not, I just didn't know. And I didn't put wow. any pressure on myself. And yeah. even after the first round, I got measured. You guys, I put a big poof, big poof in my hair to try to be five, six, cause I'm five, <laughs> five and a half. They took a ruler and smushed my hair down and told me, well, you're too short. Uh, do you want to leave now? Or do you want to wait for the director to cut you? And I was like, well, you know what? I'll just wait for the director to cut me. Cause it was fun. Like, I was having a good time. Yeah. But long story short. I got hired and wow. it was just, it was a low stress for me because I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm, short. I'm not going to get it anyway. Let's have fun. And I happened to be what they were looking for. Wow. And so it's, it's, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever actually shared that story that gives on me the podcast. Goosebumps. That's yeah. like so cool. And you know, I also think it was the right timing in the right place because that year they were starting a new arena tour where they were selling out uh, hockey and basketball arenas. And so they needed a new cast of women and it was literally like divine timing. Yeah. I happened to be there. I was open and ready. I had worked my, I've trained my tail off That's for amazing. You know, 20 years. It was literally the audition right before my, I graduated from college and it just worked out. And I will say that before I found out anything, you know, I got to the end of the audition, but they were like, great, we'll put you on file. So I still moved to New York. Mm -hmm. I moved up to Harlem in this a trashy, dirty little apartment. <laughs> I had the U-Haul on the street with my grandma down on the street. My mom and I walked into the apartment as we got the keys. And literally the day I moved to New York, planning to be a quote unquote starving artist, waiting tables, that was my plan. I literally got the call from Radio City. Seriously. I swear to you. Oh. I mean, it gives me chills to think about it, but, and, and I totally haven't shared this, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can show up, release the expectation and have mm -hmm. fun, have yeah. fun. I mean, yeah, you got to put the work and you got to be a good person. You've got to do all that stuff behind it. But, um, yeah, it's just a really magical experience of mine. That I feel like just re relates to exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Um, and just being open, right? Like not, not shutting the door on big things. Like, like even me talking to you right now, like I'm talking to Samantha Joe. like <laughs> sure, I, I can, you know, be on your podcast, you know, I'm, I'm not like just being yeah. open and, and thinking big, like now, yeah, like the sky's the limit. It's totally, it, totally. and it doesn't matter like where you're starting from and you know, what your situation is right now. Like there's always, always something cool that can happen. Like it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Did you it's write affirmations? Like, were you, have you been a journaler or a meditator? What's your, I have always been a journaler. Like since I was a child, like I have an elementary school journal that I literally have. Uh. From then. So I've always been a writer in that way for myself, but I really didn't get into meditation or consistent journaling or really personal development until I started my network marketing business. And I was going through just a really hideous, ugly time during my divorce or my mm. pre deciding to divorce. Yes. And since then it has been really consistent for me, but no, back then I didn't, I didn't have any of those tools. It was, I didn't know what I was doing in that moment at yeah. all. Um, yeah. so I really believe like we are guided and our intuition and our spirit <laughs> is like conspiring to get us where we need to be in front of the people that we need to be in front of. Um, to really go there. But yeah. I just looked at the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could talk to you for another two hours. <laughs> but I do want to kind of wrap, wrap us up and bring us to a close here. But before I do that, I just want to acknowledge you 
for mm -hmm. how you show up, for how you showed up on our mastermind calls, for being so open and so supportive of me and for mm. the risks that you've taken and what you put out there and the vulnerability that you have and the permission that you give other people to follow their path and change their path and evolve and grow. Mm. And I just, you know, I'm so excited for what you are creating and the lives that you're going to change with your meditation practice and the course that you already have. And I'm just, I feel so blessed and honored to know you. And I'm so oh. that everyone now on this podcast gets to listen to you and meet you. So oh, thank where, you. Yeah. Where can people find you? Thank you, Sam. I feel the exact same about you. I just want to give you a big hug and I can't wait till we can meet in person. That's going to be next level. I know. <laughs> so depending on, um, you know, where someone wants to find me, I'm um, on Instagram at Miss Amanda Sellers. And, uh, and then my voiceover website is amandasellersvo.com. And awesome. then the voiceover school is thevoiceoverschool.com. So. And then you can also find her on Insight Timer. And do we just search Amanda Sellers? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And we'll put links in the show notes. So if you guys want to just scroll down and tap on that, it'll take you directly there. So Amanda, I finished mm -hmm. with one last question. Okay. And the, the podcast is called full out because as dancers, you know, we can either mark our way through life and keep everything small and contained and just, I don't know, quite honestly, boring, or we can dance full out with leaps and jumps and turns and costumes and just truly experience the full abundance that is available to us. So mm. if someone was to ask you, how do I live my life full out? What would your advice be? I would say to not be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't give up. And when you're feeling down, feeling dark, feeling just like you don't know where to turn, look within and, and feel that, you know, you are all the resources that you need are inside and no one needs to give you permission. You can choose it for yourself. That is amazing. <laughs> you are so awesome. And, and be crazy, right? Be a little crazy. Don't be afraid to be crazy. I'm, I'm quirky. I'm crazy. It's whatever. All weird. <laughs> literally, if anyone thinks they're not weird, then boo, you really weird. Like, or, or you're just like super fun. boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no one wants boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing. Amanda, thank you so, 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 so much. And you guys, thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, take a screenshot and tag us, Samantha Joe Harvey, Full Out Podcast, and the Miss Amanda Sellers. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day and I'll see you next time.